welcome to Behind the Sofa. This week's edition of Behind the Sofa, we will review the top 100 horror films of all time. My name's Ollie, and I'm Kirsty. We've been away, not yeah. really. Yeah, mm. we didn't. We didn't really mean to. Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> our, our best laid plans and promises of uh, having a weekly, ensure that we have a weekly one after our Christmas break, kind of fell apart. A yes, bit, it was. It was one one week. Yeah. So you'll allow, you'll allow it, won't you? Yeah. Out there, and, and like I said on uh, when when I posted about this to explain that we would be releasing this today. If you're listening on release day, um, who who the hell knows what day it is at the moment? Anyway. Time is meaningless. <laughs> time is a flat circle. Time <laughs> after time. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So you're very so yeah. you're very excited about this one. I am so excited about this one. Obviously, why? I mean, well. So basically what we decided was uh, after we had a fan suggestion a few weeks ago and we're working our way through the list, getting down to number one, obviously we start thinking about, you know, what we're doing when we reach number one, which we've still got quite oh God, a, we got ages. We got, oh, we got a long time. Yeah, we've got a long time before that. But we just decided that, you know, like there are a number of films that when we were going through the list, we realised that there's a few that have been missed off and we feel that that is not great because it's a goddamn outrage how dare they so we when we have a think about films that we love and they turn out not to be on the list what we wanted to do is every so often we'll have one that i pick or one that ollie picks or one that you guys pick and we'll watch it we'll review it and we'll stick it in there and it could end up bumping a few uh of the top 100 snaps off the top (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so this week um was my choice uh for a film that's not on the list but that i feel 100 percent should be and that is uh robert eggers the witch now i've been saying that this came out in 2015 it actually premiered at sundance in 2015 and then was in general release in beginning of 2016 so yeah for okay. any for anyone yeah. for anyone who's having a go at the date 2015 that'll be why yeah so <clears throat> the thing is about this film before we get into it uh is that there were so many people uh that were saying the same thing that we experienced when we went to go see this now we're really really lucky in the fact that like while we don't live in like london or, or anything like that we do have a few uh like smaller less odian view more every man and yeah, like indie some cool, cinemas like and stuff nearby indie inverted commas cinemas yes so we were really lucky in the fact that we were able to go and see this because it wasn't um massively released as far as i remember no. um but we made the decision to go and see it in one of the smaller cinemas there was maybe about like 50 seats or something like that not completely full and sold out But we heard a lot of people as we were walking out that um, clearly it wasn't the film that they were expecting it to be. Now, when you consider that this came out, like we said, 2015, 2016, so by then you had people who were loving things like The Conjuring and Insidious and all of the sort of franchises that have come out over the past few years, I think they were expecting this to be another film like that, where you would have, you know, like demons flinging people around the room and all of those sorts of things so i think there are a few people that were disappointed i 
personally love this film. And I'm going to spend the next three hours telling you why. No, really, no, sorry. <laughs> call, call me back into the room when you're done. I'm just going to make dinner and walk with the dog and all those other things. I'll come yeah. back. You'll still be going. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I absolutely love this film. Um, it just ticks all the boxes for me. Like, um, historical, like, you know, 16th, 17th century um, witch trials and religious fervor and all of those sorts of things and like yeah religious fervor it's (laughs) for for real this film is absolutely filled with it um it's chock full of fervor it totally is (laughs) uh yeah all those sorts of things plus it just being like real folksy you know superstitious horror for me it's it's the atmosphere it's the atmosphere like a film can have all of those trappings Mm. Um, but if it doesn't nail the atmosphere, then, you know, it, if anything, it makes it more disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, this, right from the offset, is just uh, slap bang in the middle of that territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like I said, Robert Eggers, uh, who also directed The Lighthouse. Love The Lighthouse. Which is another movie that I feel like might make an appearance on this Ooh. list at some point in the future. Um He's a man who is a devil for the details. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? For real. The, 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 just the way that they have incorporated like all kinds of different uh, like text from in the dialogue. Like the dialogue is based on you know diaries and yeah. uh, and research that they've done about how people would talk yeah. in the, in the seventeenth century. Uh-huh. Um, you know the way the house looks, the way they dressed, the way they. Like I said, they speak in this weird ethics mm. dialect, mm-hmm. um, which I found really fascinating. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like what a person in that era would believe. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of totally nail that as well. Yeah, um, for real. It's like, it like uh, I was reading that it took um, like four years to do all the research and mm. everything like that. And then I think it was filmed in like less than a month. But, it doesn't sound like it was a fun shoot, however. No, um, I mean, you were saying, uh, like, uh, you'll know a little bit more about this from actually being on film sets and, and things like that. But, like, the fact that the majority of it, if not all of it, was filmed in natural light. So either candlelight or, mm. or gloomy daylight to give that sort of, you know, like, you know, it doesn't want to look nice and beautiful yeah, yeah. and sunny because the difference between, like, a forest when it's sunshiny and everything looks you know like it's from bambi or something like that and the difference between that and having like a real stark like gray or white sky and just the the difference in the mood even the difference between um like like we're saying you know about setting the scene and the atmosphere and everything like that is at the beginning of the film when you know they're uh banished from their from their settlement and uh you know they have to go and uh, make up make their own home and their own homestead they're going away on the back of the cart and usually in anything like this where you would have you'd have them sort of you know proudly sort of walking walking out you know i've made my choice i'm leaving and and everything like that and then it would usually be you know like sad regretful type music Mm. this is like proper i'm fucking terrified kind of music like real build up of like unearthly noises it's just incredible but um 
I think that's that's obviously deliberate with a yeah. with a guy like Robert Eggers because the person that the the camera is lingering on at that moment is Thomasin. Mm. So Thomasin's like the eldest daughter in this family yeah. who have been banished from there. 17th century uh, American settlement in New England. Mm. They've been banished for for unknown. Nah, see, the theory is from what they were saying at the beginning and what unfolds throughout the rest of the film is that, and this is this is incredible. And and again, you know, like it just sets up everything else. Is that William, who um, is played by Ralph Innocent, Ralph Innocent, Finchy, Finchy from The Office, <laughs> who has the deepest voice yeah, i've really ever does. heard in my life and it works it sounds like so a fucking well cement mixer filled with barbells oh, and gravel just yeah it's just so badass and he's he's fantastic in this as well um the idea is or the theory that has been put forward by um a lot of people is that he was so religious and such a religious zealot that it was too much for their Puritan mm. settlement. Yeah. And they got him to leave. So the fact that they are Puritans and like, you know, hardcore Christians and everything they do is related to God and the church and everything else. The fact that he was too much for them says a See, lot for, about for me that doesn't, the type of person. For me, that doesn't ring 100% true. Okay. Because at the end, when he's, um, you know, when shit's going going south Mm. he talks about how he has like a like the sin of pride Mm. um for me it feels like he's almost covering up for the fact that he's done something wrong and trying to uh say to them well you don't you're not as (laughs) you're not as you're not super into the bible like i am if you knew the bible properly you'd know that what i did was totally kosher Mm. although kosher in the bible but you know (laughs) what i'm saying they what he's saying is that you know Oh, well, I've done something maybe on the on the wrong side of the law, but mm. the Bible says it's okay. Um, I just kind of feel like he's using the Bible as an excuse for getting away with some kind of shitty behaviour. Oh well, you know, I've never heard of anyone yeah. <laughs> using the Bible to try and get away with being a dick before. You know, even that never back happens. in the 17th century. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about that is because it's all obviously the whole thing is about you know like you could break it down into um uh like coming of age um you know with with thomasin and and caleb her brother um under you know like this strict code of morals and what they can and can't do and what they really want to do um or it could be you know just like another journey of grief like we've had in other films like we had in the babadook and things like that it could be um just purely about survival um and madness from hunger and uh you know like malnutrition or um like they even pointed out the 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 corn corn, yeah shows signs of like ergotism which is the um there's a lot of people that believed i think it's probably been disproven by now but they believed in the you know like the hallucinogenic qualities of like rotten um food or flour or corn in this case that if you ate it uh then it would um cause you to have hallucinations and go mad so we're trying to work out whether how much of this is really happening how much of this is hallucinogenic um if any but the interesting part was uh, and then you know like the other other part could be you know like just struggling with religion and struggling with like losing losing your faith and things like that which for me that's the kind of that's how i read it i definitely read it as uh this is the horror of um 
religious zealotry and what happens to people when they're sort of like uh, accused by people who who are super super religious um, and how that basically impacts their life and then causes someone to you know break away from it and sign a pact with the devil yeah well like we were saying like William with uh, he's played by Ralph Innocent uh, the father of the family the head of the house um, when he has his moment at the end where he's saying you know sin of pride and everything else and then he, he wakes up the following day um, after shutting his remaining surviving children in the barn with the goat yeah. and just leaving them there until something happens or mm. until he's figured out what to do with them which is i feel like at this point he's kind of uh so desperate yeah he's definitely desperate Mm. i think he kind of has he suspects all of them yes they're all you know none of them are free from suspicion in his eyes um you know the two little evil twins (laughs) uh what is it jonas and jonas and mercy yeah they're little punks i'd like to smack those kids great little uh, actors though right yeah they are pretty good really but good. but um but yeah they he they certainly have done some pretty suspicious things yeah and then there's no way that they're uh looking at thomason and thinking she's uh totally with you know without fault so well, i can they, they... i can totally understand a man who's been pushed to his breaking point and is kind of like almost uh in the last in his last action kind of like seems like he's That's having second thoughts about so religion you know what i mean like it's when he, so he he can fight against the devil with his axe but he decides to just like throw it down as if like god's forsaken me fuck mm. this mm. uh come and take me devil it's but thomasin kind of points on that because she says like all you can do mm. is pray and, and chop, chop wood. wood yeah that is all you can do that is the only thing that you have control over you're losing control of your family you can't grow crops your goats are not producing milk no one uh, you know like you've been exiled from uh from the you know from the place that we were living and you know everything else you can't you can't do anything right now then mm. when he's faced with you know he knows that he's gonna die he's been gored by black philip good old black philip we'll be getting on to him in a little <laughs> while um and he literally has the axe in his hand and you can see the axe as like the chopping wood or you can see the axe as like the prayers that are going unanswered and his last words are corruption thou art my father and it's like well god isn't god was his father and mm. now corruption is his father the exile from him being so proud of being such a religious man caused him to be caused him and his family to be exiled yeah. from this place where they were safe and that is his sin he his prayers no longer work he throws away the axe and he accepts his destiny and then he's crushed by the pile of wood that mm. he has been chopping because he has no other control in his life yeah it's so interesting because you could literally just see it as he got gored by a terrifying goat because goats are pretty <laughs> nasty goats are metal they, well they said like the the um there was meant to be a lot more black philip in it but they just could not control him well enough to be able to get him in one film so, i don't know i feel like that once again we're looking at a jaws situation here where it's like oh there was going to be loads more jaws in the movie but you know the rope the the fake shark looked really terrible kept and on breaking yeah exactly I'm, i can't imagine like having loads more black philip in it would it have really added to it i don't feel like it would have no i think it was good because for me 
there you know like there's been a lot of people that were asking the questions about like who is actually evil in this was black philip like you know did they happen to just accidentally buy satan from a local farmer mm. and that's why they've got the um like the the you know this this pretty badass looking black goat um and then it's there's there's a lot of people that believe that it's he appears because she asks him to mm. at the end and then they were like is thomasin was thomasin evil from the beginning was thomasin a witch from the beginning and from the bits that we see from her from the very beginning she is the one who looks most terrified at the thought of leaving yeah, the place where she is like i said she's the only one that looks back as well she's they're looking all looking back. forward yeah and she's the last one to leave the church yeah at the start she's as looking well. at it like real longingly like yeah you know, she's she doesn't like she do looks that. around like hey guys is there no yeah. one gonna no one gonna say anything we're yeah. gonna speak up against no no yeah. one and even after her her baby brother is like just vanishes in front of her she runs up to the edge of the woods and you know like highly unlikely that anyone out there would ever be in this situation but if you ever find yourself like playing peekaboo with your youngest <laughs> sibling and you move your hands away from your face and he's vanished within the within three seconds of you seeing him last and you've got a big bank of trees in front of you you are going to be running through those trees yeah to search and do whatever you can to try and find your your sibling she stops right at the at the woods edge like she can't go any further yeah and when you see her later on when she goes into the woods with caleb they get separated we've got the good boy award for good old fowler fowler lovely lovely dog good boy robbie fowler um (laughs) Um, and she wakes up from being bucked off the horse and she's looking around her and it's splitting between her and caleb Caleb looks terrified. Obviously, he's just yeah. seen his dog disemboweled and he's walking through the woods with a giant gun and looking terrified. She wakes up and it's like she's seeing the world for the first time and she's like, hmm. she doesn't seem scared at all. She just wakes up and it could be that it, I could be reading too much. No, into no, it, interesting. But I, it I looked didn't, like she I just didn't... woke up and was totally at ease with the 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 uh, environment in which she found herself i think just, just going back to a question you asked before like are they all evil when were they you Ooh, know yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. were they kind of um uh possessed mm. by black Phil? i feel like each of them has um each of them kind of like battles with some kind of like either real or symbolic uh kind of manifestation of evil like you have the twins Obviously, they're Sinister. in the th- they're in the thrall of Black Philip because yeah. they hang around with him all the time and they're talking about the crown that grows out of his head and he's the king of us all. Yeah. Then you have um, um, Caleb and uh, and I guess also Ralph Innocent's character William. William. Um, they are they they're constantly kind of like seeing visions of this hair, like a tran- like that seems to transform. Yep. From the dog to the to the hair to all kinds of different things. Then obviously we get Caleb later on in the terrifying scene where he meets oh. the, the beautiful woman in the woods who turns out to also be another crone, like a like a haggard old witch. Mm. And then right at the end we also get um, uh, the crow that kind of like pecks at uh, Catherine's breasts when she's so kind of like much. overtaken by visions of uh, of you know she basically imagines that Samuel, her little baby, is back and that he's 
you know, suckling, and then all of a sudden it turns out it's like this crow pecking so at her symbolism. breasts. And then, so much symbolism. But I, I read a thing that I thought was really interesting. It's like all of them have these different things that seem to sort of like overtake them at different points. Mm. But the thing that really overtakes Thomasin is the the suspicion and blame that's put onto her mm. that's what seems to like flip her because yeah. the whole time she's been kind of you can see that she kind of loves she lo- does love her family and she does also appear to love god and jesus and all mm. those sort of things but then it's the it's the you know this constant pressure from her family the family that uh, that she overheard talking about selling her to another family yeah um you know these people they've driven her into the arms of the devil basically you know through this like patriarchal society through this kind of like overbearing mother who sees her as like a whore and just she she like basically accuses her of trying to seduce her brother and her father yeah because she's turning into like a beautiful woman yeah um this these are all the things that end up pushing her towards living a life deliciously yep and um, it's, it's basically, um, you know, like I said, there's so there's so much symbolism in this. There's so much that you could read into. Um, there's parts where they were saying about, like you said, pushing pushing her towards being a witch and uh, or you know whatever that means, like living a sinful life essentially. Um, and it makes me think i don't know if anybody's read it but you totally should margaret atwood um who wrote um handmaid's Handmaid's tale Tale, um she wrote an amazing poem which is apparently um from one of her ancestors and it's called half hanged mary and i have a quote um uh, a print of a quote from the poem and it's um i was not a witch but now i am one and it's basically the story of a woman who is hanged from a hanged from a tree for witchcraft and the transformation that she undergoes while she's hanging on the tree and she survives and they cut her down and that transformation has turned her into a witch because yeah. she has just had it hammered into her um and it just made me think of that so much where it's just literally like you are told if you are told all the time that you are sinful not only that, but the Puritans believed very much in um, like predestination. So they yeah, essentially yeah. believed, like Caleb and William talk about in the um, in the woods, they're saying, um, it's not up to me or to you or to anyone other than God as to whether you make it into heaven or hell. Yeah. All you can do... So so it, they believe, Puritans believed that you were... But from birth, you were going to heaven or going to hell. And there was really not much that you could do to change that apart from could do living. Is pr- yeah, all you could do is pray, basically. All you could do is pray and work in service of God. And that would hopefully put you in his favour, which would hopefully lead you to go go to heaven. Yeah. Um, but if you are told throughout all of your life, there's nothing you can do to, you know, to, to get yourself into heaven. So you either have the choice of working really hard, being sorry for everything that you've ever done in your life and not or, even or not even stuff you've done in your life stuff you did before you were born <laughs> yeah basically just come into this life as a sinner before you've even done anything um so you can either do that and live like a really pious you know puritanical existence or you can enjoy the taste of butter you can have a pretty mm. dress you can see the world 
You can, you know, do all of these wonderful Sign things. Sign me up. Yeah, right? Like <laughs> I'm all for about a, that for delicious girl, life. Yeah, for a girl who's just been told by her family that she is, like, she's a witch, she's evil, she's sinful, everything she does is wrong, um, she's a terrible person, and everything else. And then on the other side of it, you, uh, you know, she basically has the choice of starving to death on the farm with yeah. the corpses of her family possibly dying in the day long horse ride yeah. it takes a day on horse to get and to the nearest have, they village don't have a horse. they don't have a horse anymore so she'd probably die on the, yeah. on the trip back or sign the book or go back hang to, out or even if she got back to the the village she would have been hanged for being a witch absolutely so she didn't really like, have much this. of a choice so i'm gonna go like, naked riding brooms in the in the woods with nah. my, with my with my witch coven absolutely and the interesting thing about that is who, what what little bit never really got answered properly in the in the film like towards the ending towards the ending yeah whatever happened to the little what happened kids? to the twins yeah, yeah. So the theory is basically oh, I've not heard this one. Yeah. I'm excited. The theory, I love theories. I love the theories. So the theory is like you know you see right at the very beginning you've got Thomasin um what could be Thomasin's dream of what happened to Samuel hmm. because she you see her visibly sort of upset or whatever like while she's sleeping the following day or you know like um yeah week. it seems like a restless kind of sleep yeah so and that happens right after we see the visuals of the witch running away through the woods in her red cloak carrying baby samuel um undressing him it cuts away but it's obvious she has killed him she's ground him up she's um rubbing his remains all over her broomstick all over herself um, and that was meant to be like uh, a nod to flying ointment, which apparently was made with the fat of dead babies and uh, various hallucinogenic herbs and things like that to make witches fly. Mm. Um, so you had the yeah you you have that part, um, and then I'm trying to remember the bit that I was talking about. <laughs> um, talking about the twins. Ah yes. So yeah, you you have that part with the um, with the witches at the beginning. Um, damn it I've completely lost my train of thought you were talking about the twins what happened yeah. to the twins at the end when they were ah. flying on the broomsticks and stuff okay so the idea is basically that uh, the reason why they're flying and they're able to fly is because they've killed the is kids because and... they've killed the twins and uh, used them in their ritual yeah, I would, I would, I would accept that. Yeah, I feel like that's it's a pretty just good not reading really of it. Nodded, it's not really made massively clear. No, because you can't even do you even see their. You don't see their bodies. You, you see don't the, see their bodies. You see the goats. Yeah, you see the goats, the but not them. Yeah. Um, let's just go into some like practical parts of the film. Uh-huh. Um, from a horror movie point of view, like we said, it's not a jump scary movie. Yeah. But when we do get to see a moment of horror. Woo! So, so good. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Kirsty was alluding to, but not, not alluding to. She mentioned before um, that that scene in the like the witch's hovel is so gnarly. Inside, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. fucking gnarly. When she's, she's like, like pestling a mortar, and she's like Jamie Oliver in that baby yeah. in a in a you know, and then all his giblet, baby giblets, all just like ground up and spread <laughs> all over herself and all over the thing. 
when you get to see um, uh, when she kisses um, Caleb. Caleb later in the woods, and then all of a sudden she turned like her one hand. She's got one hand like behind his, like touching his neck, basically as they kiss, and then the other hand comes out, and it's just like gnarly looking witch talon. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. and you know, even just Black Philip rearing up, goring Ralph Innocent. Yeah, he comes out of nowhere. He just like Poof. yeah, and it, yeah, that was that was a. I got a jump from that. That was like a yeah, jump yeah. scare, but like oh. I felt like it was totally earned. And then even Catherine with the with the crow. Yeah. Oh, and also that disturbing. And also the um, uh, the scene in the in the goat shed mm. with with the witch. <laughs> yeah, with the with the 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 old crone sort of like hunched down, drinking blood from the goat, and then the twins see it and like. Eah! Yeah, but the interesting thing about that is that you don't ever see the witch, Thomasin, or the twins in mm. the same frame together. Yeah. So. Again, it could be Thomas in dreaming mm. um, of what happened the night before. Um, Black Philip has kind of gone by that point; like he's not around, um, and then he just suddenly reappears. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that could be completely Thomasin's fever dream, or you know, like just terror from being in the in the barn overnight and malnutrition and hallucinations and all sorts of stuff or it could be real so yeah. it's it's kind of left to us to decide like but whether it is or not but the movie is shot absolutely beautifully oh my God. everything about it looks great i remember <laughs> it's so funny when the film first started i was like ah oh, this film's in black and white i remember this film's in black and white this film's in black and white and then it's the colors like so washed out in those early scenes they're like the where they're surrounded by all the puritans and I was like, this film's in black and white. And then I must have just been thinking of The Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden they go outside and it still is really washed out. But then you just start to see little kind of like mm. flecks of pink in the sky. And, you know, just looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, it was filmed in a really interesting, not very often used um, aspect ratio as well. Yeah, it's got like a... It's almost like normal wide... Not, not widescreen. It's like almost like normal like 16 by 9. But then it's got these two little like bits shaved up the sides yeah. it, it's weird it's kind of like long and tall yeah so the reason why they did that was so that like when they were filming in like the smaller house mm. it felt claustrophobic but they were still able to fit every single person in like one scene in one room because lo- the room looks big yeah but when you're all arses to elbows like all sitting on top of one another you can kind of you do definitely get like a claustrophobic yeah. vibe to it yeah and then also so that when they had those scenes where you are where they're outside and you've got the forest in the background that it felt like the forest is kind of looming over you yeah. and it felt you know you you got that wonderful widescreen feeling from it and so it felt really sort of expansive but also like really claustrophobic at the same time it's so clever it did like a, a good uh twin peaks nod mm. i thought where they gave the woods like a like a character of their own yeah like when they went into the woods there was definitely like a different vibe mm-hmm. to when they were just out in the cornfields yeah definitely um, and and that's that's been used to great effect in a lot of films but it is used so well here yeah it's like and and again with the it's the way it's shot the lighting and the um the score to it is yeah. just incredible yeah the score is really good yeah. it's got like a i don't know like it's got those weird like scratchy strings and yeah. all kind of like plucky bits yeah, and but like, like choral good. 
voices yeah. in the background as well. And it's just so good. Talking about what you were saying about them all being in one room, we have to, have to talk about Caleb oh, yeah, like being the... found after being seduced oh, yeah, by, the, by the witch and, you know, uh, essentially being, like, corrupted by her, has his virginity taken away, we assume, and, mm. you know, and then uh, comes back and he's, you know, like completely naked delirious feverish and he starts basically like reciting scripture um it's really interesting actually it's um it's not from the bible but it is religious um script uh religious like almost like love letters to to god and like <laughs> a how love much letter you... to god for real though because it was um i can't remember exactly who it was who wrote it but it is from that time like someone like robert eggers like looked it up found it found this interesting piece of writing and started building like scenes and stuff around it which is incredible um, you're talking about the ki- uh was it kiss my yeah my mouth of a thousand kisses and yeah. all of those things those were actually that was actually written by someone at, at that time oh okay so the idea the interesting idea of that and, and all of this whole scene is is just absolutely rammed with with the symbols so you've got um uh the twins not being able to recite the lord's prayer that's hmm. meant to be a sign that you are a witch or you have been bewitched yeah um caleb coughing up the apple yeah because they, they were talking earlier on about how basically caleb had lied to his mother and said that they'd been looking for apples looking for apples yeah. as opposed to going out into the woods yep you also have the symbolism of apples being sin in the garden of eden um but then there's other people who are just like well you know it could have been that he found apples in the forest and they're like crab apples and yeah. he ate too many of them and he got sick and, yeah. and all of those things and he was also suffering from hypothermia from being in you know massachusetts winter or whatever Mm. it was um but he recites this piece and it's so um it's almost like erotic because they and they had to and like ralph innocent actually had to um coach the um i believe the the young the boy actor's name is harvey scrimshaw yeah um had to coach him through it but not really couldn't really explain to him like what it was that he was meant to be doing because he is a child and yeah, it yeah. wasn't really possible for him to have that in his scope. But you're horny for God. <laughs> yeah, for real. So they they essentially had that bit and you you have to then make the decision as to whether he's having, you know, like febrile convulsions and like um a feverish you know, from having it crammed down his throat for so long that he is, he knows he's dying and he believes that he's going to God. Mm. Um, that he is bewitched or possessed and that he is that like saying this stuff is mocking because it's sexual. And yeah, yeah. He's almost like, looks like he's like, yeah, you know, he's like orgasmic. He's getting, yeah. Uh, or he is like truly, you know, going, yeah, going yeah, to like God. He's, like he's seeing God's face. Yeah, so you have to, you have to make that decision. And, and that's why I think the film's so good because it, kind of puts those questions to you and you can see that though these are the exact thoughts that the characters are having as well mm-hmm. they're thinking part of them's kind of like wishfully thinking oh he's seeing god and he's at peace but then the other part is like he's bewitched and this is satan mocking everything that we believe in yeah. mocking god it could be any of it yeah or it's just like you said yeah. like they're all tripping balls yeah eating bad corn yeah but that's having like, a real bad time like with um uh with 
Catherine, the the mother, who's played by uh, Kate Dickey, who you'll remember from Game of Thrones, who also did some rather uncomfortable breastfeeding scenes yeah. in that as well. So clearly that's her thing. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> She's really getting typecast in these weird breastfeeding scenes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she does a great job. Like, you know, she just looks like this terrified, pious woman throughout the entire thing. But she is not without sin. Um, but she has a wonderful hallucinogenic scene where she... Her. the first thing that you see and i think i grabbed your hand like when we were watching it and i think i did it again today oh, yeah, yeah. um is when she gets up everything looks normal you know she takes her takes her um her sort of cap off her head gets up um and just wanders across the room and then you just see the silver cup that they've been arguing about throughout this, this entire bloody film silver cup yeah <laughs> the silver cup again is a symbol you know like she says you know i'm not ho- i'm not holding on to it for vanity because like puritans were very you know like no fancy yeah, stuff yeah. or anything but she had this one thing that was a memory of her father and of home and of england and um and it, it, she even has that like used against her that's yeah. like a point raised against her by ralph innocent yeah who's like those you know he's basically slagging off the puritanical church that they've left behind saying it was all about silver cups and chalices and she's like you motherfucker yeah exactly <laughs> and then he and then it turns out that it, you know like it's based on that as well like he's he takes that to sell to buy traps so that they can eat food but keeps it secret from her so he has lied to her which again is a sin and then he uh thomason gets blamed for it again that's another sin and it's and but that's the first thing that you see she then turns around and sees her two dead sons sitting there oh when she jumps in the fucking grave on top of him uh, as well yeah, oh god i was like heartbreaking in. it's full american gothic though isn't it one, that, um, that whole scene one thing that i just read that i've never realized in all, we've watched it like two or three times now mm-hmm. um I didn't realise, even on this viewing, but mm. someone said that when she's, um, I guess, breastfeeding, mm. or in one one of those, one, a scene around then, she basically says that Samuel was not her son, was not um, William's son. Yeah, she had an affair. Oh, see, I didn't hear that. Yeah. When, I, I feel like I completely missed that. Yeah, it's not massively... You know, it's you'd, like expect, really explicit. you'd expect... Well, yeah, you'd expect William to just go crazy about that, but yeah, no, it was... Um, yeah, she she had an affair before they left the village, um, and he is the result of that affair. But does William know that? Um, because then I feel like if he does know it, then it definitely leads into when Thomas is uh, kind of like berating his manhood, like berating his uh, mm. kind of like his his head of the family status when he's like you could, all you could do is fucking chop wood and pray yeah. you're not a fu- you know what i mean you've let your wife like walk all over you yeah you've you know you've lost two of your children you yeah. can't you can't get the crops to grow yeah. and then you've been you know yeah you've been cuckolded by your wife as well yeah but then um, um that led caleb to be terrified that if his baby brother mm. that has never done anything wrong apart from just he's just a baby mm. that he's asking his dad for some you know some reassurance yeah. and some comfort in the fact that his his brother has 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 been lost and they're basically like we can't keep looking for him we just got to accept that he's gone yeah. um and he's like well has he gone to heaven and it's like well i can't really say 
Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if well, someone came to you for like some comforts, for some kind words after you had had a traumatic thing, and they're just like, "Well, I can't really, can't really talk but about I that." Think, but I think that's kind of like the central, yeah, the central the, theme of the movie. Babies are safe, but it's like religion. <laughs> you know, I mean, it kind of like looks at all aspects of religion and like. Well, you're you're scared that <laughs> you're scared that your younger siblings uh, bought, die with original sin and then just go straight to hell. Yeah. You die the thoughts that you have can send you to hell. You yeah. die, um, you know, you, you're af- te- deathly afraid that you are going to be possessed by a fucking witch. You're deathly afraid that you're going to lose your faith, yeah. and then all of a sudden. If it turns out, oh, heaven is real, and then you're not going there, you're going to burn in eternity. Yeah. Like, this is why the film's so good. And I feel like this is what it's kind of getting at really it's just got this crushing weight of all of that under it and it's just incredible but and then and then what makes the ending so good is that thomasin sort of like breaks free from that under some coercion i've got to say from the devil yeah you know what i mean like it does seem like he's been playing all of them but at the same time she does seem to the only time you ever see her really enjoy herself or smile other than when she's at the beginning and hanging out with hanging out with the baby Um, the only time we see her sort of like uh, you know looking like a child and enjoying herself is when she is flying in the woods with the witchy sisters naked naked witches yeah Yeah. well another theory that people have put forward or the way that they have read the the, read it is what we were saying before about her being the one who seems like genuinely sorry and scared of like what is going to happen to her and all of it is uh, centred around her and what a teenage girl brings into the home, essentially. You know, sinful, prideful, blah, blah, blah. Um, They... The first thing that you see of her and hear hear her speak is when she's praying in the the house at the beginning and she's listing her sins um, and she's saying all of these things that she's done and, you know, it's all things that children do you know like i've been idle of my work yeah i've um disobeyed disobeyed my parents and all those things she then says that she has um broken all of the commandments in thought yeah and when you consider all of the commandments like some of them are a bit you know like honor thy mother thy father love thy neighbor all of that kind of stuff you've also got thou shall not kill so she has thought about killing uh and all of those things the idea is is that she has put those things out there she's praying to god or to whoever will listen because at the moment she does not really you know she's just like i need help from someone yeah. anyone yeah. who's out I'm there i'm just putting it out there anyone who's listening <laughs> any deity that feels like they want yeah. to uh, heed the call yeah hit me come, up come and come and see me and so yeah she she puts that out there she admits that she's got this sin in her um asking for forgiveness or asking for help with it um and then this comes in so we believe that it's the the witch and the devil are working together the witch in the forest and the devil and the witches in the coven are working together to corrupt her or not corrupt her but just ask her to take in you know and and embrace that freedom that she could have yeah and the fact that she is like all of them are covered from head to toe in heavy woolen clothing layers upon layers upon layers of clothing and he asks her to remove that 
and remove all of those layers and mm. remove everything and just be herself and be free and walk into the woods unafraid yeah, yeah. and meet people and go out into the world and be free so you can see it that way as you know like she had no choice um she was uh weak-minded and and easily corrupted mm. um that she was truly evil or that she was a young girl who was able to just give herself over and, and be free and be you know we could go totally feminist on this you know <laughs> girl power what no <laughs> <laughs> um at the end at the end it's just this this film is just incredibly shot incredibly written amazingly directed wonderfully acted and just has layers upon layers upon layers of things that you could delve into if you really wanted to you can see it as uh you know a deeply darkly atmospheric horror you can see it for like the you know historical piece that it is Mm. um it's set you know like 60 years before the um uh, the actual you know sort of Salem witch trials but it's in the same part of the world and you can see those seeds growing yeah. uh, into what would have come that massive hysteria it's just in this case it's in this isolated claustrophobic little barn with this tiny family that are being like absolutely ripped apart from the inside out yeah. and it's just so good I think the thing for me is um, like you said we've said I can't even uh, if there was a drinking game a behind the sofa drinking game <laughs> the amount of times that you and I are like I fucking love a folk horror you know <laughs> I mean that, that's all well and good but I think what really makes this movie great is the fact that it uh, stands up to repeat viewing yeah. and you can watch it like my favourite movie of all time is Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me and I can watch that movie dozens and dozens and dozens of times and always pick up a new uh, thing that I missed last time or think about a scene that uh, you know I'd never really contemplated before and come out with it looking at you know with like a new idea or something like that. Mm. This is a movie like that. Yeah. Um, for real. It's it's just if you have the chance watch it. Yeah. Um I have put the trailer up if you go to uh, tinyurl.com slash um behind the sofa vision you can watch the trailers for every film that we have uh, reviewed so far. Um obviously if you've got to this point I'm hoping that you have watched it because we've spoiled it entirely for you. Yeah. But again, I would I would just recommend giving it a watch. It's incredible. Again, there's a lot of people that didn't like it because it wasn't what they expected. Um it's a slow burn but all of it just it builds up and I think, so wonderfully I feel like it doesn't do a lot of the things that some people say they hate when like oh I don't watch horror movies they make me jump and I was like this isn't that movie no this isn't that movie this is just kind of like a dread there's a dread in it which yeah. just uh, is very affecting it's not like you don't come out of it thinking like uh, oh my god I can't walk to the car alone I'm going to need to grip my fucking keys in my hand no, like, no, no, no. like a makeshift knuckle duster <laughs> it's not that kind of movie um any any other so yeah like i said i just fucking loved it nice. um any more for any more points or little trivias or anything like that you got not really i think i've gone into this pretty yeah, pretty say, deep just, i'm, I'm loving the, it yeah the passion's burn the fire's yeah. burning in your eyes it's just like i said before you know like all of the things that they stick in here and they don't make a massive they don't there's not a lot of um exposition there's not a lot of stuff of it that's explained so they talk about you know like crops failing the the hair um showing up out of nowhere um but they don't you know 
they don't point out like the the reasoning behind it or anything like that the um the kids convulsing on the floor and unable to say their prayers and physically you know looking like they're in pain um the the, the kids getting sick the the goat not being able to produce milk all of these things are things that would have happened for the fact that they didn't have a healthcare system, mm. the fact that they didn't know what they were doing, um, the fact that the soil was probably a bit rubbish yeah. and they were trying to grow stuff that probably wasn't meant to be grown there and all of those sorts of things. All of those things can be explained away, but every single one of those things were originally and truly things that people believed were the results of witchcraft. Yeah. So they believe their neighbors were spoiling their crops or you know like um drying up their their goats or the witches would were, were drinking from the goats so that they couldn't have any milk um and like i said spoiling their crops and all those sorts of things because they couldn't ever believe it they couldn't ever believe that this could be the result of god's great plan mm. so they looked for a scapegoat yeah no pun intended pun intended <laughs> right um i think that about wraps us up then yeah so um, thank you so much for listening um if you're liking what we're doing then please consider giving us a like rate review subscribe tell a friend who loves horror films and um yeah stay tuned we'll uh, post as often as we can if not it'll be every single monday you'll be getting uh, a new film from us so talking of new films uh, now i think next week we we're supposed to be reviewing something but i kind of feel like i want to get in on this uh okay. in this uh, film recommendation okay. lock so I think next week we're going to do an an Ollie recommendation. Have you decided, or are no. you going to decide? Ooh. No, I'm going to decide. I'm going to. I'm. I'm not quite. There's a couple. All right. There's a couple of ones <laughs> that I'm kind of looking forward. Maybe even one that I've never seen before that I've just wanted to watch for a long time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kirsty's gave me a look just then, just like I'm confused. You're a madman. You're right, a maverick. Yeah. You are. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe look out for look out on the social social medias. Uh, to see what we decide we're gonna we're gonna review for yeah. next week so look for uh behind the sofa podcast on instagram or facebook make sure you give us a like or a follow when you're there um and we will let you know what we've decided to review for next week it'll be I'm it'll be a good scared unless, <laughs> unless it's not a good in which case i'm really sorry uh cool right uh i think that about wraps us up then so yeah. uh from behind the sofa good night <laughs>